Welcome back to SwitchCast Live. Uh, thank you for joining us tonight. Back again with me is my favorite co-host, Johnny Sabo. He's here pretty much anytime we're talking about prices of cars or general car advice because he's the smartest guy I know. And we're going to be answering your questions, talking about the crazy auctions this week out in Scottsdale, some online auctions, talking about car values in general, and just helping you out in navigating this crazy, crazy market that we're in post-COVID inflation Ethereum Bitcoin fueled market, whatever you want to call it. Anyway, I'm your. (laughs) We're off to a good start. (laughs) I'm your host, Doug Tabbitt, uh, founder of Switch Cars, Cannonball Run record holder, and with me is Johnny Sabo, Sabo, founder of Bulletproof Performance. And DE champion of the world. (laughs) HPDE (laughs) champion of the world. Just don't show anybody your times. And you can be the fastest guy out there. It's how it goes, right? Like golf scores. No, I don't want the music to play again. It's on loop. All I'm right. playing golf with you again. <laughs> well, I'm not very good, so that's my matter. point. Mm. Is that why you don't invite me? Because I'm not good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a lot of fun, though. True. True. All right, let's move this along. I, I break some clubs. Let's not talk about golf. I don't break any record. Let's talk about golf, though. You get me on that tangent, it's going to be a long night. All right. Okay. So, um, as many of you know, probably watching it uh, concurrently with this, <laughs> the Scottsdale auctions are this week where uh, a few thousand cars are being sold between Barrett Jackson and uh, Gooding RM Worldwide Auctioneers. I think maybe Russo and Steel. Are they still around? Mm. But there's no. They finally bit the dust after the tent failure. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, anyway, uh, so there's there's that going on, plus we're going to look at uh, bring a trailer and P-Car Market and some other auctions and just kind of try to navigate our way through what's going on in this car market and, and determine proper car values. And uh, a lot of smack talking is in the script for tonight, even though it's totally unscripted. If you'd like to join us live, you can call in. The number is 216-294-4124. You can ask us about car values or your car or actually really whatever you want. It doesn't matter as long as it's not about uh, golf. Golf. Yep. No golf questions. No golf questions and no uh, rap music or. I'll do rap. You'll do rap? I'll do rap. Okay, fine. If you want to ask about rap music. Um, Or you can post in the comment flow of wherever you're watching live. We have a lot of preloaded questions. People got their questions in on Instagram early. We'll do our best to make our way through those questions. Uh, The first one I want to start with, just to get it out of the way, is from Everett Van Horn. He said, "Uh, big fan of the business and podcast. Good to hear. I do have a question about the money side of your business. Do you floor plan all of your inventory or are there better ways to finance everything? I know big dealers do floor planning, but wasn't sure if it was different with the type of inventory and size. Um, I don't floor plan. I did ah, maybe six or seven years ago. I, I tried a floor plan as we were growing and it was insanely expensive. So the way that floor plans work is not like traditional financing. Um, You know, a traditional line of credit, you just have a fixed interest rate and it's charged on however much you're using at the time. So with a floor plan, you have to, so we were, we had a $500,000 floor plan limit, but for each car, 
we had to basically apply to the floor plan company. So if we bought a $80,000 car, they might say, well, we're going to loan you 60K on that 80K. And every month there was an interest payment due. And then after 90 days, 120 days, they would have a percentage buy down. So after a certain amount of time, like six months, you would have had to pay back the entire amount of the car. Now, the problem is, is they might say, well, it's a 6% interest rate, but then they have all these different fees associated. And we calculated it out to be about a 13% effective rate, which is absolutely friggin' insane, especially in the high end and collector car world. Because if you're not turning your cars every 90 days, like you're just under incredible pressure to get them sold. Um, so we did away with that. And I wanted to get away from financing anyway, just because I don't like debt. And I don't think it's a good way to build a business, especially a car business, because it's incredibly risky. And it worked great. I think we were using the floor plan around 2014 and 15 when the market was doing basically what it's doing now, just not as quick of a run up. It was more of an extended curve. And debt works great when it works. So when stuff is going up in value, then yeah, debt works great. Like it's easy to say, I'll take a 3% loan to make 6% on my money. But as soon as your money isn't making 6% or you are losing money. So if your cars go down in value and you can't sell them, not only do you lose the money you lose on the car, but you lose even more because you have to fire sale the car just to pay off your floor plan and you're paying off all the interest associated with it. So I advocate cash as much as possible, especially in a risky business like this, because um, it's better to lose what you have than to lose what you have and what you don't have. Like that's never a good position to be in because then you have to dig yourself out of a hole. So that's my answer to that. If you want to get into the car business, I would start small, build it as you have the capital to do it. And then you can only lose is like if you don't have debt then you can only go back to zero you can't go in the negative and being in the negative sucks i've spent uh, two periods of my life digging myself out of negative and there's nothing more annoying than making money and literally just having it go towards getting back to zero as opposed to going towards profit so johnny you want to weigh in on that at all no oh, agree i mean how many times did a bunch of people that we knew confront us with a bunch of cash. And then by the time you did the spreadsheet, we had to pay them 110% to uh, <laughs> yeah. use their money. Yeah. Yeah. Investors is a whole nother, whole nother question. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause you have to think about not just the cost of the money, but what is the real cost? Are they going to be right. an asset to you or a liability? Absolutely. Are you going to spend your time potentially headache too yeah micromanaging or being micromanaged by the investors or running your business right so yeah uh okay great well let's get into car talk the question on instagram was about car values and again this is always a, a little bit of a painful subject even though we're in the car business and our world somewhat revolves around the pricing of cars we johnny and i are car guys first and foremost and mm -hmm. car guys love cars for what they are not for the value and i think a lot of people are impressed by numbers i was talking with somebody earlier and he was talking about this one-off ferrari that was at a show 
and nobody was around it. But as soon as he was describing to somebody that it was a 10 or $11 million car, everybody started circling and taking pictures just because they wanted to say they'd seen a 10 or $11 million car. And just as that's true with spectators and onlookers, I think it's true of car guys too. We get so wrapped up in the dollars and cents of cars. You got to do your best not to. That we forget why we like the car itself. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. You got it. Every time you take a car out, if you're watching your odometer roll over <laughs> and you're seeing a dollars <laughs> fly out the window, yeah, it, you should sell that car. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> except it was except for the last six months. Yeah. But <laughs> we're having the opposite problem. Cars are going yeah. up in value and people are freaking out because instead mm-hmm. of saying, Oh gee, well I can drive it for free. And it's like, it's painless miles. Now they're getting neurotic based on the increase in value and they don't want to drive it. Right. You should look so at that as So it's like damned bonus. if you do, damned yeah. if you don't. Exactly. Yeah, well, 100 yeah, yeah, that for sure. <clears throat> Sorry. All good. All good. All right. So speaking of values, I, I kind of picked out I was going through the auctions, the recent auctions looking at uh PCAR market BAT uh, some of the smaller auctions and also comparing that to what's coming up on uh, Scottsdale this week and just kind of looking for values because everybody says everything is totally priced out of the market and there's no good deals to be had. And I don't think that's entirely true. I think there's still some good cars at good values. And one that I picked out was there was a 997 Turbo on P-Car market that was a dark blue with a natural brown interior, not the ugly sand beige interior, which has become like the graphite gray of, of the late 2000s. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> Fine. Anyway, um, six-speed manual, turbo cab, uh, 40,000 miles, so basically, you know, worthless, but... It sold for eighty six right. It sold for eighty six grand plus fees, so just under ninety k. And I I called it at eighty five hammer price, so I felt really good about myself. But that was probably a seventy thousand dollar car pre COVID market. I hate calling it COVID market, but I don't know what else to call it. Pre hype market. Hype's a better word. Pre hype. The cars didn't get sick. The cars didn't get. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them should. I, yeah, some of them you need to keep six feet from to. Oh, there's definitely some sick good. cars out there, but it's not COVID. <laughs> uh, anyway, so that was probably a seventy k car pre, uh, pre the hype. So I think that was actually a pretty good deal. The nine nine seven turbos haven't gone up as much as a lot of other cars. I think they're a good value. The cabriolets aren't as sought after as the coupes by but, the collectors. But a hell and, of an experience, though. Right. Sure. 997 yeah. Turbo Cab is like the sleeper of the bunch. Yes. Well, it, talk about 2 plus 2 convertibles. There's, okay, maybe a BMW M4, 997 Turbo, a Maserati. There's not a lot you can Couple get Mercedes. performance-wise. Yep, Mercedes, AMGs. But there's not a lot you can get performance-wise compared to the 997 Turbo that doesn't land you into high-maintenance headache right. territory. I mean, don't forget Mustang GT. I did forget Mustang GT. I already forgotten it. Shelby. <laughs> Must. 
So anyway, like compared to what other stuff has gone up between 40 and 100%, that was a pretty good buy in today's market. So anyway, that was that was kind of my pick of the there somebody a, got a good deal there. There's a 1991 Buick Riata with 2600 original miles at Bear Jackson. It's blue over blue. Yeah. I mean, you want to you want to win the nursing home cars and coffee. <laughs> it is available. <laughs> <laughs> it might actually. <laughs> I think there it's more like Bingo and Buicks. That works. Yeah. Hey, ooh, you might be honest oh. up in there. Um, a very heated debate. So the the photo I put out to uh, bait people with questions and discussions was two nine nine six GT threes. Both that well, one that sold and one that did not go uh, uh, went reserve, not met. On BAT. So the first one was a 40,000 mile, 39,000 mile white GT3 with a number of track upgrades slash modifications. Depends, I guess, how you look at it, whether that's a, a plus or a minus. To the collector, anything not stock is a detriment, even if it's a good upgrade or a necessary one. Uh, to the enthusiast, to the driver, all that stuff is is bonus. So it had all the right stuff done to it. And then a seal gray car with 8,000 miles a week later went reserve not met at 127. So you had a 39,000 mile essentially kind of set a record for a high mile car if you want to call it high mileage. It's not. but And then you had one car completely flop. And everybody had tons of opinions all across the board as to why one went, one didn't. Well, one had better photos, photo cell cars. That was uh, a bad week. You know, well, in the financial world, that's a bad week. Okay, fine. That that was that was I mean you got okay, everybody judges everything by Bitcoin. Bitcoin took a shit. Sure. Right? Stock market like got crushed. You know, it's a distraction. When you have distractions like Okay, but other cars still went for crazy money. Name one. I didn't look at all of them, but See, there you go. I win. Okay, fine. Here's my issue with that, though. Right? There were other cars that went for crazy money, and there are still cars that are going for crazy money this week. The week before that, I was at Meekum. Yeah. And I could not believe what I saw. Right. I mean, I was just watching cars exceed their high estimate by one hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, I've never really, I haven't seen that too often, unless it was a you know an anomaly car. But, I mean, car after car after car. I mean, talking classic Buicks, McLarens, Lamborghinis. I mean, there was a car that had a 475 estimate, high estimate. Not the low estimate, high estimate. Went for almost $700,000. Jeez. I mean, you just watch that stuff and you're like, you know. I mean, if people are, you know, you have consumer auctions. Consumer auctions, you're hoping that somebody's coming to buy a car to live the dream. Talk. But the truth is, you know, it's 50% dealer, most likely. People trying to buy a car, take it back home, and make money back on it. The But I just at 150K over high estimate, I mean, that's hard to, that's hard to swallow that somebody's going to sure. do anything positive with that when they get it home. So this, this is skipping ahead in my, like, planned discussion. My bad. No, it's fine. It, I'm just going to address it because you said it. I think a lot of people don't realize that there's a ton of dealers at these auctions essentially picking up inventory. Yeah. And what baffles me 
or I find is hilarious is the auctions have done such a good job of marketing that they're charging anywhere from 10 to 12 percent as a buyer vig mm-hmm. 10 to 12 percent as a seller if a dealer goes to these auctions they're looking to buy for probably 10 percent below market value because they got to factor in you'd, shipping you'd hope so yeah 10 to 15 percent below market value factor in risk shipping recon etc etc w- including the buyer fee so that basically means if a dealer is buying your car at one of these highfalutin auctions you're netting like 35 percent below market value and you had to pay 35 percent well yeah I mean, and pennies, ship your car but, yeah, there and everything like I, it, it baffles me that i don't want to just knock the physical auctions although we're going to do a fair amount of that tonight just based on the sure. data but if that many dealers are going to these auctions to pick up inventory, you'd think people would get wise and go, wait a minute, this is not the best way to sell my car. But the problem is they're seeing all the record results on TV because those are the ones that get marketed. And they get caught up in that thinking my car is going to set a record too. But nobody brags about the cars that go for crap. Like, Well, they do when they resell them. <laughs> No, I mean the auction houses aren't. No, absolutely not. They're not pub- push putting the sellers on TV when they get ten percent below market minus their their commission, and they're crying in their you know when when their Monte Carlo SS Dale Earnhardt edition goes for for you know twenty percent below market and they're crying in their commemorative NASCAR Cup. Get her done. Yeah, like they're not putting that guy on TV, but that's the majority of them. We've been there. Yeah. We I mean, took a Mustang Cobra R to Meekum and got our butts handed to us. Oh, that and that car didn't that was a that was Ernie Irvine's car that was given to him by Ford after a season of NASCAR too. Yeah. That car had the even had the signature. Under you know, in in the right spot. So if you hate it you could wait. Yeah. Up. It also had the signature of the Barney stored it in underneath it. So that didn't help it. Hey man. But <laughs> Barn finds sell, brother. Yeah. <laughs> we should have like put no, dust that, on that it was just bad hay. timing that was just no, bad I, timing. I get it all i'm saying is timing's everything yes so you see the auction the, the record sales that get published but you don't think about how many cars go way below market and it's not just like bat where it's like okay well it, or let's just say any online auction where if you're five percent below market or ten percent below you got ten percent below in your pocket like right. these, but I'll admit though, I you're mean thirty percent off. This was a Saturday at Meekum, right? I mean, that's where all the Friday night and Saturday is the high line area for these in you know in purpose in person auctions. I mean, I didn't see anything really go for anywhere near a deal. I mean, I'm talking muscle cars, I'm talking supercars, I'm everything. I mean, Michael Fuchs was there with some of his cars. Are you talking about? Oh, Meekum. Okay. Yeah, Mecham. Sorry. I'm back on Mecham. Yeah, I'm back on Mecham Kissimmee. Yeah. Kissimmee? How do you say that? Yeah, that. That. But, um, I mean, he brought some of his cars there. I think he had five or six cars there. I mean, they're all, you know, super unique because that's what he does best. And, I mean, I'm watching the cars go across the block, and I'm watching him. And, I mean, he's emotionless. But, I mean, he made, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how much probably money he made MSRP to the car being sold. Right. And, you know. And he had high MSRPs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, 
I, I think he made money. <laughs> Let me rephrase there, that. There's nothing on his cars that you can check no, on the standard no. Ferrari option list. But it sure assumed he didn't seem unhappy. Yeah. No, that that was a that was a crazy auction. But again, we're in special times. But yeah. Even I feel like if you send your car to the auction, in order to net normal market value, the buyer has to pay twenty five percent over, essentially. Mm-hmm. And if you if you send your car there, you don't want it back. The worst right. thing that can happen is that you put it on a truck back home. Right. I mean, that's the best way to blow some money. Right. But that's that's a that's a big gamble. You got to mm-hmm. know your car is going to go for crazy money, in order just to net market. Yeah. So. Um, we'll talk more about that later when I find my comments in my notes, but, um, the, back to the GT threes that went on BAT though. Right. So we can all look right. at a bunch of factors. We can say it was the stock market. It was a bad week. We could say gray versus white. Uh, we could say photos, you know, honestly, it comes down to what people were in the room. Like the old saying of, yeah, that's who's in the room, who's in the online room. The, you, the problem is, is when people take those and take a, a single data point and then use it to, to make the market, right? So I have people sending me the white 996 GT3 that sold for 145 and then basing their ridiculous asking price or saying, well, my car is worth X because this one went for that. And I'm like, well, that's not repeatable. But then on the flip side, I offered somebody a 996 GT3 earlier this week and they pointed to the seal gray car that no sailed at 127 they're like well i'm not in you know i'm concerned about 996 gt3s because of that transaction it's amazing that we're looking at that as a low number i mean in today's market you're right it is a low number yeah but it's amazing that we're using that as a low point i mean i know it's low mileage i mean whatever seal gray i have no problem with seal gray i like it but it's rare. I mean, well, what was a 996 GT3? And I go, the past is the past, the future is the future. I get that. But what if that guy owned that car for two years? What he do you bought think it he, for 95. If that. Yeah. If that. Yeah. So, I mean, even though it's a loser, in a lot of people's eyes, it actually is a winner. Right. My point is that, that buyers in this market are unable to make a decision on their own like there's this paralysis that comes with waiting to see what happens. And for that reason, 2020 was probably my favorite year in the car business ever because there were no auctions, right? So used car dealers, I won't say used car dealers, high-end car dealers in January, typically like the, the three weeks surrounding the Arizona auctions and Meekum Kissimmee just like flatline. Because everybody's out there, everybody's waiting to see what happens. The same thing in August. I can't sell anybody a dang collector car at the beginning of August because they're like, well, I'm going to wait and see what happens. Well, they want to see if the, if the market changes due to what sells. Right. Absolutely. But but they can't. But that's why 2020 was so good is because people stopped caring about what other people were doing and they just decided on their own. They literally just said, oh, okay, I want that car. I'm willing to pay this because that's what I'm willing to pay. And it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, I mean, again, 2020, 2021 were both wonderful years. For, if you didn't make money in the car business those two years, you definitely need to find another profession. Yeah, that's also true. But, 
Yeah, I just it, it's the herd mentality where people don't make their own decisions. They they make decisions based on what other people are doing. Yeah, you and can, that's a that's that goes back to what we were saying earlier. Is it's a fundamental problem of people looking at cars as dollar values, mm-hmm. as potential investments versus, you know, joy. Of I want that car. Right. How much pleasure is it going to give me? It takes a dollar amount to find the joy. Sure, but once you once you get it, you can't be worried about the financial side again until, you know, the car doesn't. It doesn't matter what a car's worth until it's for sale. You know, I mean, you could dissect that many different ways, but, you know, if you have a car and you really enjoy it and you go home every day and you're like, okay, it's worth 35 grand a day. It's worth 36 grand tomorrow. If, you know, I mean, what does that have to do with your joy? I mean, people get really excited about their portfolio when it goes up and down too, but you can't drive it. Yeah. You know, it's, I don't know. It just, you know, cars, cars are something that's a passion. It's a hobby. It's a lot of things, and you know, and if you get lucky, you make some money, and that's great. Yeah, no, nobody's gonna get upset if you make money buying a car. You said something last episode, though, before we were talking about, because um, we were talking about cars as investments and what, whether or not they're investments. Mm-hmm. And you said that the biggest problem with cars going up in value is what? Do you remember that? Well, just say it. it well, you said that people then it, it would happen once. And then people thought that that was the norm. Oh, yeah. It's a you contagious. can go 20 years losing money on cars and enjoying them and being happy. You make money on one car and all of a sudden your enjoyment goes out the window because you're like, oh, well, I, I have to make money right. on every car I buy. Well, we, we, we always use the example that we'd sell somebody an enthusiast car, name your car, and they lose five grand, they complain. But they'd go lease a new Mercedes AMG S-Class, spend two grand a month, and not not say a p right yeah it's a good you know it's you know it, you know just say that again that's that's good <laughs> people need to hear that I, you told me that last time and yes say it, it again it's true though I mean, you lease a car i mean again right now you lease a car and when you get close to it you call your dealership and you're like forget about how much right profit now. do i have normal, normal. Blah, blah blah but normally you're just okay i spent whatever per year to drive this car and you you justified that and I mean, I've leased a couple cars. It cost me whatever per year, but I, you know, probably some of the funnest times I had is because it's like I have to put fifteen thousand miles on this car a year, yeah. or I'm not getting my value out of my lease. Yeah, you know, you know how many that people boxer you, you leased was the greatest. Both of them. Did you enjoy that boxer more than any GT3 you've owned? Almost. I, Just, I, I, hold yeah. on, Johnny leased a Boxster for a one-year lease. Two of them. Two of them. A Boxster them. and then a Boxster S, right? Yeah, I did a Boxster because it was available, and there were some corporate leases that I qualified for, and it was one year, 15,000 miles. Yeah. and I've never seen him enjoy a car so much as well, he did yeah, with that car. Snow tire, track day, I mean, I'd, whatever, I'd used that thing to... And then when that was up, I had so much fun, I did it again. <laughs> <laughs> he let me drive him, too, because <laughs> he didn't care. And that, but, you know, but then the, those, those deals kind of went away. And yeah, yeah that that didn't happen again. But if it happened again, I'd happily pay whatever I paid for that to uh, have that experience. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, how many for people sure. do you know lease a car, and they're paying let's just say a thousand dollars a month, and they polish it, put it under a cover for six months a year, make that payment every month, and when it's over, and they, they always tell you, "I'm going to buy this car at the end." 
Like this car is mine forever. They you get never within do. they get within thirty days of lease expiration, and they're like, "I can't wait Send to get it. rid of this thing." Yeah, get it out of here. Yeah, the next car. Send it. It's like, dude, you should have drove it. Yep. You know, yep. the leasing company doesn't care if you turn it in clean or dirty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've 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 gotten some some cars to pass off lease inspection that, <laughs> that were more than a little dirty. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, Dave Thoman, in response to the 996 GT3s, said, Sheesh, my old Lapis Blue 996 GT3 would command even more. Yes, Dave, it would. And yes, your 997 RS will do even better. Yeah. A desirable <laughs> and rare color with only nine produced for North America. Thank you, GT Vault. Shout Vault. out to Dave. Great guy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, talk about 996 GT3 regrets. So I sold a... 4,000 mile white GT3 in like, I think it was January of 2021 for 120. Oh. And an Atlas Gray. Over that was all the money, though, dude. It was. <laughs> that was all the money. I'm just saying, like, ah. You can't, you, this prediction's not going to happen. I know. I know. Let's well, talk about another red GT3 that we drove the wheels off of it because it was unable to be sold. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. AC delete with a Perlon Recaro bucket seats yeah. and Smokies yeah, GT. Get eighty grand for that thing. I think I think we put four to five thousand miles on that car, and I think he just gave it away for yeah. Man, it was yeah. there, there was no profit in that. I car. lost money on that car, but I had probably the most fun losing money of a lot of things. You earned earned the depreciation. Yeah, I earned the depreciation. Um. Yeah, let's talk about, uh, or wait, no, we have a question. Then we'll talk about Ford GTs. I have a successful auto repair shop in Charlotte. What's logical? Getting into car sales? Nope. Do you work on NASCAR? <laughs> or expanding the auto repair business? I've been in the car industry since I was 15. I'm turning 30 this year. Um, it sounds like you said you have a successful business. You should just roll with that, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, just keep 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 doing you. Yeah, uh, that's a good stick to what you know. It, it it depends on your market. It depends on your customers. You got to determine what they want. You got to determine what you have the staff for. Do you have more mechanics you can hire that you trust, or do you have guys that want to run a car sales business? Like you got to determine your skill set and uh, your human resources and your m local market and. Evolve every year in a certain, you know, whether you're growing your current business or just raise your hourly rate. <laughs> that too. Both. Yeah. I, I have a hard time advising anyone to get into the car business. I don't know why. Maybe I'm cynical, but it's, it's a tough business and it's not. The, it's very populated right now too. It's, it's very saturated and it's not the best business in terms of you know, by the numbers, it's very difficult to predict. There, there's no passive income. There's no residual. Like you can't say because I did a million this year, I'm going to do a million one next year. Why do you think Doug's doing a podcast? Boom. Yeah, I'm going the wrong way. All the friggin' podcasts and TV personalities are getting into the car business, but they're doing the auction thing. So whatever. Yeah, uh, I'm doing a podcast so I can say whatever I want. You say whatever you want anyway. Not, no, now, I don't. I now have you just to say whatever myself. you want, and now more people can listen to it and choose to listen to it. But the best part is you can turn it off. Yeah, that's true. 
That's true. My customers can hang up on me too, but I can't always say exactly what I want when I'm talking with customers. Right. And this is freeing because I can just talk crap. So, okay. Ford GTs. The, this, see see how you interpret this one. So, Meekum, Ford GTs went crazy. Boom, there. boom. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. And of course, so we've got a black one here. Everybody blew up our phone. Nobody wanted it on Friday. Everybody wanted it on Monday. More, more of the herd mentality. But... Um, piece of that pie. There's a 1900 mile one on Gooding, uh, black, no stripe. And a 1900 mile red one sold on bring a trailer the mm-hmm. Monday after Meekum and it sold for four seventy eight, which is huge. Money another one sold too, right? For a red one. It did a 4,000 mile red one sold last week for three sixty six, a hundred K less in a week. So is that the stock market too? It could be. I mean, I, I don't have a, a direct answer to that, but I mean, when people are very reactionary, yeah, and you have a lot of uh, people that made a lot of money quickly, that if they watch their accounts go down, they don't have anything to pull from. Yeah, you know, I mean, these cryptocurrency people. I mean, hey man, good for you guys. You made a bunch of money making a gamble. That's there's nothing wrong with that, but you you know easy come easy go sometimes. Sure, but I don't think the market's being driven primarily. Well, it's not by driven by that. I'm just making easy an market. example. Like there is a lot of smart cash out there. Oh, there's a ton of smart and the cash. smart cash. I'm just making an example. Better that how many people you know drive around their license plate to say Bitcoin, right? Two. Well, at least one in Ohio, one in every state, probably. <laughs> I guess fifty, but you know it's it is what it is. You know, good for that. I mean, they those people probably weren't poor to begin with. Yeah, hey, you make a quick million dollars on some cryptocurrency, you can do some pretty dangerous stuff. Okay, so what do you think of? Uh, there's, you said this, and there was a lot of people on the comment flow in some of these auctions that said the the price drop between the four G the two four GTs and the two GT threes that we're comparing week to week was stock market and Bitcoin was down. But then there's a lot of people that say, well, the car values are up because people are afraid the stock market and real estate and all the safe hard assets, traditional investments are going down. So they're pouring their money into cars because they think those will be better investments. But as you you, said, what do you say to that? As you said earlier, though, you had one point and it's always true. The week before the two car weeks or the week of the two car weeks, prices do fall. Because everybody wants to, they're saving their money to go to the auction. They're saving sure. their money to see what happens. And then if, if you put your car on, bring a trailer, or eBay, or pick your poison, you know, people are kind of holding off to see what something else goes for. Sure. I mean, that's that's a real thing. I mean, it's, I have a lot of customers. Like, I'm not buying anything. I want to wait until after yep. Monterey. I'm going to wait till after this. Because that does drive the market a little bit. Yeah. Or a lot. Yeah, a it lot does. A lot of it. It does. Um, PCAR market did an interesting thing, and I mentioned them again because we actually have two cars participating in this. They did a virtual Scottsdale. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to... Hypity hype? Yeah, hype it up. I, I think it was actually a really good idea mm-hmm. because Gooding is doing online only for Scottsdale. And from what I've seen, the traditional physical auction houses are lagging somewhat in the online game. I think they they moved online 
on their heels uh, because of COVID and they couldn't hold physical auctions and some just said we're not going to do online at all and it's other ones really tried to make the transition physical auction. and it wasn't they haven't been getting the same kind of results um, well, let's, so it's going to be interesting to see okay alright you sell your car on one of the virtual auctions right you're it costs you a hundred bucks to list the car. It's five thousand bucks to sell it. The man has a point, and it's not even your five thousand. It's on the buyer. Yeah, it's a hundred dollars for me to take right. a risk. Right. You know, and then instead of you know paying shipping, paying you know you're paying the vig. I mean, again, unless you're pre-negotiating that, it's probably ten percent. Yeah. You know, you're getting gooding. I think is twelve percent up to two fifty. Right. So it's expensive. It's very expensive. Yeah. But and then but again, you know, okay, this is a good conversation for me and you. Cars that go on bring a trailer or P car market or whatever. I'm not gonna sure. advertise for them. Any of those virtual auctions. None of them are sponsoring this show. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many okay, you get calls, right? If they see your name, they might look you up, they're gonna call you. Yes. And they're gonna ask you for this, that, or whatever. But if you have a car on your floor, the amount of like the amount of like hoops people make you jump through to sell a car is massive. Like, you know, paint meter, put it on a lift, take a picture of this, take a picture behind a wheel, tighter measurements, this, that, everything else, which is great. I mean, obviously you want to get what you're buying or you want to want what you're buying. Right. But these virtual auctions, people are just clicking. Like I know a lot of people that buy cars off virtual auctions that, well, did you call the guy? I don't have his number. Yeah. I just, you know, I made a comment to put a po- picture of the rear wheel because I thought I saw a scrape. Right. Like, you know, and. But I think that's why. <sighs> I bought a 911 off Bring a Trailer years ago and it was claimed all original paint. You remember it? The Cassius Red. Cassius Red. Oh, yeah, yeah, the Targa. The Targa. Yeah. And, you know, the guy's like, I'm a Porsche guy. I've been in the Porsche market for 25 years. I'm like, oh, great. Perfect. Well, how are the tires? They're great. How's the paint? <laughs> all original. Car comes in, probably one panel on the whole car was original. It was probably three shades of that pink. The front tires were corded. Was it a good car? It was amazing. It was, it was a fine car. That was it was a that was but, a great car. But was it what I what I bid on? Eh, but I you mean, have you have more transparency in the new online auctions than the online version of the physical auctions and certainly more than the physical auctions there's a lot of shadow games and a lot of things hidden or glossed over or kind of read between the lines in the physical auctions sure i'm just making a point that i didn't you know i didn't fly out to look at the car because i have five you go on bring a trailer you got five to seven days yeah from you know beginning to end yeah you have there's a lot of legwork to do and a lot of people buy the car and they're not, they're not they're not upset. Yeah. You know, it's like I said I bought a car that was I mean, it was a fine car, but it wasn't exactly it was misrepresented a tick. Did I keep it? Of course I did. But I'm yeah, just saying that it, car was that, that car was good enough. We'll no, put it, was, it, that it was fine. Yeah. It was fine. Yeah, you're never going to Okay. Back to your point though about the cost difference. So Oh gosh, where was it? There's a Carrera GT on RM this week. 5500 miles. The low estimate is like 1 million, 1.1, which is a pretty incredible deal compared to the two that went on BAT in the last couple weeks. Granted, those had sub-thousand miles, 
but they both went for two million. But the the value proposition to sellers and buyers. So if the Carrera GT and RM sells for low estimate, they're taking two hundred k in commissions. Mm-hmm. If they sold for two million, which is what the ones on BAT went for, they'd be taking four hundred k in commissions. Again, if somebody didn't negotiate pre-negotiate a lower seller's fee, but still, you're talking two, sorry, four hundred thousand in commissions versus five k. Mm-hmm. Like the auction game is going to change. The babbling, the guy that does the auction in person, if you probably saw his W two. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have to pay me a lot to talk like that you couldn't talk like that i couldn't but if you pay me that much i might try come I, on it's your no moment. It's your no moment. no mm. i play the drums i don't rap auction speak it's a <laughs> gibberish rap hey there you go there's your moment <laughs> And never do it again. Uh, after watching eight or nine episodes, I'd say Doug says pretty much whatever he wants. Hey, thank you for watching so many episodes. Please keep watching. <laughs> I do say whatever I want. Uh, anyway, it, the auction game is going to change. You you remarked to me a couple weeks ago that the physical auctions were hurting for consignments and they were... Mm-hmm making deals in order to get cars there because the online auctions had put such a dent in what they're doing. And for good reason. They're Mm -hmm. offering more transparency at a far better value. And you don't have to wait for a certain time of the year to do it, too. You still have to wait two months to get on VAT. And P-car market's, what, five days? But, okay, let's talk. I bid bid on a car on Barrett-Jackson today. Uh, I wasn't drinking. Did you win? (sighs) Shut up. No, I didn't. I bid on an ex-Bonderant Crown Victoria. The paint was peeling off the top of it. It has Cobra drivetrain made by Roush. It's one of 18, whatever. I bid to 22 grand. It sold for 23, right? You quit? I, yes, yeah, like, dude, it's, it's almost 30 Boo. grand with the VIG and shipping and all that for a paint-peeling, sun-baked Crown Vic. 20 grand doesn't Track buy car. you anything in this market. It's a Crown Vic. 20 grand's the sales tax and stuff that you it's sell. It's an ex-cop car with a big motor that then got beat to snot on the track and then parked outside in the sun for 20 years. Sounds perfect. For you. Fine. For 22 grand. Anyway, all I'm saying is I'm like sitting there and the auctioneer is doing his... He didn't drink enough. Friggin' <laughs> gibberish crap. You're right. I didn't. And it's sitting at 23, and I'm trying to decide if I want to pay 24 or not. And it's like the countdown is 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, done. I'm like, frick. You sneezed? At least I get like <laughs> two minutes on the online auction. Yeah. That, and I that, think that drives value. I love that. I love that. Cause, yeah. Because you have a, I mean, two minutes is an eternity when you're trying to. I have enough time to go pour a shot, call you, and like get talked into a bad decision. Yes, I'm good at that. Five seconds, man. That's like Dwight you're Schrute lucky, negotiation. You're lucky I wasn't here because you would have bid yourself up on that car. <laughs> I am lucky you weren't here. Or maybe I'm not lucky. Maybe I would have owned it. Anyway, if anyone else, or if anyone knows of a different ex Bondurant Roush Cobra Crown Vic out there for sale for less than 25 grand, I'm a buyer. You lost your chance. I'm still holding out that Richard Griot will sell me his. Shameless plug. 
What? That's good. Hey, you have his number. Call him. I did. Again. Persistency, my man. Wear him out. Uh. Celebrity Machines is a proud sponsor of SwitchCast. Celebrity Machines offers more than 250 different screen-accurate license plates as they appeared in movies and TV shows like Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, The Office, The Fast and the Furious, Breaking Bad, and so many more. Celebrity Machines also makes our Switch Cars dealer insert plates as well as our commemorative 2539 plates from the fastest cannonball run ever. Visit CelebrityMachines.com for more info and use promo code SWITCHCAST to save a whopping 25.39% at checkout. What is your opinion on collard greens and Alpina Z8? I don't know if that's the same question. <laughs> I don't like either because the Alpina is a friggin' automatic. I'll take a regular one with a stick. Sabo? I'll take an Alpina. You gotta have one boring transmission car in your fleet yeah that would be like my truck no i don't care i'll still take the alpina nope 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 i'm old spence tells me that every day uh i don't know where i'm going i had some questions here somewhere what was the sabo you got some notes help me out here you want you want help all right i got a couple here the wtfs of the week the wtfs I'd say it, but, you know, Doug likes to keep this PG. All right. There's an Acura Integra Type R on Bring a Trailer right now. Oh, gosh. Two days left at $111,000. It's not championship white. And, I mean, 111 grand. Okay. That's That's worse than a shot of Malort. Plus plus the $5,000. So we're at 116. For an Integra. No, I get it. If you have a Honda, I mean, again, the guy that's buying this car, checkbook oh, probably bigger than this building. But paying a hundred grand for an Integra. What happens when he gets bored of it? In like 30 minutes? Oh, gosh. Like, I, I bought that one years ago. We drove it. It's fun. <clears throat> cool car. $20,000. Amazing $20,000 enjoyment car. Great front wheel drive. I know, wrong wheel drive. But great front wheel drive platform. Fun car. Had its moment. And, but man, $100,000 plus. Does anybody have some ibuprofen? This is, this is seriously giving me a headache. Can you move on from that? That is. All right. Let me make you even a little. Holy crap. There's a handful of 912s that are for sale. That, I mean, we're talking estimate of sixty to $100,000 for a 912. I don't care if it's short wheelbase, long wheelbase. It's still a 912. Does it look like a 911? Yes. But it, it's not a 911. I think the only people that only people that worship 912s are people that own them. They're still kind of cool in their own right. I didn't and, say they weren't cool. Uh, okay, fine. But 100K for a 912 versus like 20K for a 924, whatever those crazy things are going for, I can at least understand that. Well, the 924 it's got has five. zero redeeming qualities, uh, other than the perfect yeah. rate distribution. Dude, 924s. That was a great car. Fine for eight grand. Whatever. I don't name your name your price, but 924s was a. There was 924 turbo too. <sighs> Just telling those you, those were not great. Drum brakes. <laughs> Drum brakes. Some of the first year cars did. 
<laughs> Four lug wheels. Uh, anyway, so did my Honda Civic. Whatever. Four by 100. Um, let's see. Where Doug, where's the new website? I need a GT3 and look at our site every few weeks. Uh, well, a new website is not going to make GT3s appear. Um, if it did, that'd be, that'd be crazy, right? <laughs> we have two GT3s. Uh, we're still working on the website. Sorry, we encountered some delays and... Yeah. Um, hey, Doug. Matt Farah admitted to being your friend on his latest podcast today. Aw, I paid him. With the used car market being so hot, do you want to expand beyond Porsches into all cannonball cars? I have a Lexus mm-hmm. with Heritage for sale. I think I knew who that's from. Good for you. <laughs> so good for you. Sure. I'll pay you less because I know it's heritage. Yeah. Isn't every old car is, heritage? Is a fuel cell still in it? Oh, I see. Right. Okay. <laughs> There's really no Porsches that are cannonball cars, but anyway, okay. That's not Next. true. Oh, hey, man. No Even winning I know ones. That. Okay, no winning ones, but. A couple yeah. 928s that got second place. Mm-hmm. And yeah. All right. What's your, what's your next WTF of the week? 996 market. Yeah. All right, you look at nine. Okay, whatever. I know we can go. It's, from, it's been WTF dude, it, for a it, while. It is a straight roller coaster. Okay. And you take the turbos out of the mix because whatever, those are pretty special cars. Let's just go C two C fours. Okay. All right. They are ranging from twenty thousand dollars to sixty thousand dollars, and the cars aren't too different. It's just asking prices. The question is, is who's buying what? What's actually selling? What I mean. You can ask a million dollars for absolute roach. Doesn't mean you'll get it. But, yeah. I mean, I know people that actually want these cars, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. Great little cars. But where does the value stabilize, I guess? Right. I think, well, the 60K cars are probably, you know, rare color, arrow kit, if blah, blah, anniversary blah, car, X73 package. Sure. I saw an anniversary uh, 04 go for Anniversaries are really cool. Well, yeah, they are cool. Not Luggage, everything. But yeah, 100 grand cool? No. That's what they're... There you go. Okay. But if you have every other collector car, or if you can't afford to collect real collector cars, Whoa. that's... No, I'm just saying, if Whoa. you're like, oh, I want to get into like a paint-to-sample RS4 liter. Oh, it's a million bucks. Okay, I'll collect, a, you know, 40... Uh, you know, 40 jar or whatever they call it. The the anniversary 996. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's, it's why the Ferrari 330 GTCs went up in value when all the other V12 cars went up because guys couldn't afford to pay 5 million bucks as a cost of entry for a collectible, for a classic V12 Ferrari. So they're like, well, what's left? Oh, that big two plus two tur that people used to swap 350 V8s into. But they, they got went, fast then, though. What's that? They got fast. Yeah. <laughs> and reliable. reliable. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of Ferraris. Oh, a couple of my picks of the week. There's a Ferrari 550 Marinello and RM. Oh, I love these cars. I love, love, love 550s. Um, and short of racing seats in the Fiorano handling package, this one is about as good as it gets. It's blue Potsy over tan Daytona seats with the color colored inserts and the modular wheels which i know are polarizing but i love them and i think 550 is like the only car that daytona seats should really be called daytona seats because that car is a perfect modern like 
interpretation of the Daytona. And the Daytona seats actually look like the seats as they were in the Daytona. Whatever, I'm getting off topic. But like the carbon seats in a 599 don't look like Daytona seats. They just have the colored inserts or whatever. So I really like that car. Um, engine rebuild, good service history. The guy removed the tubey exhaust though and put it put the stock muffler back on, which that kind of hurts my car heart. But um, if it comes with it, it doesn't matter though. True. Can I be just, why, why would you do that? You're, I don't know. Stock exhausts are boring on oh, everything. Gee. Um, but Ferrari in the description, I had to laugh. So Ferrari is super proud of their records. Uh, they are as bad as friggin' cannonballers. They make up a record for every accomplishment they invent so that they can hold a record. So they, the 550 has three records. It went one hour at 184 MPH, 100 kilometers at 189, and 100 miles at 190, at which point they had to stop and change the timing belt. No. Okay. Anyway, I, I read this and I kind of laughed because I'm like, okay, so you went 100 miles, big friggin' whoop. In the late 80s, the Corvette ZR1 went 24 hours, averaging 175 miles an hour. That's 5,000 miles. No, it was 174.88. I got the poster. Yeah, 174.88. That was. A- I rounded up. Okay. All right. 175. I did my homework. I don't want to look stupid in front of Corvette expert Sabo or the C4 king of uh, northeastern Ohio, <coughs> Spence. <laughs> anyway, so th- that is 5,000 miles that they did 175 miles an hour, which takes the average Ferrari owner about 10 years to accumulate with three major services in between. Um, the estimate on this 550 is 150 to 200K, which I think is pretty, pretty I good the, deal. I like love the low estimate. Dude, my next career is going to be making estimates because you'd be like, okay, I'm going to, this car is going to be an estimate of 250 grand to 400 grand. I mean, it's just the spread that they do is just, it's You know awesome. what it tells me, though? They right? don't know. If, if the estimate is 150, 200, that tells me the reserve is probably 150. Because why would you set an estimate that's below what they're actually willing to sell it for? And 150 is pretty friggin' reasonable well, for hit, a nice, well sorted If you hit the low estimate, it shouldn't sell. So, yeah. Right. I mean, if you hit an estimate, it means if not, they shouldn't have took that car. And right. But that, that's cluing me in that that car probably can be bought for 150 which in my opinion is a good buy for that. Um, there's also, in contrast to that, one of the online auctions, Marked Official, which is, I guess, a new auction. There's a Verde Zeltweg, which is a green metallic um, with 9,000 miles in a similar spec with the modular wheels in a much rarer color. And that bid is already at 176 grand with a couple days left so it'll be interesting to see which one pulls more money the one at a big named auction house like rm or one on a a, a smaller auction house that's uh, fledgling that's still making their name in in the market so those will those will be two interesting ones to watch back to you sabo cars to watch there's a 2004 Viper for sale. I know Doug's not a fan ah. of these things, but if you really want to break it down, you can have one of these cars for somewhere between 40 and 60 grand. You're going to get a V10, get a convertible, a manual transmission, and cars and coffee clout. 
I mean, you know, I think these cars are some of the the. I think they're the they're the buy of the market right now. One of them. I mean, it's it's good driving experience. It's fun. It's cool. It's a great car. Yeah, I, I objectively they are a great car. I just I I can't love that body style and the interiors on that generation. Just I'm better that than paying three hundred uh, grand for a last generation ACR. I mean, what? Oh, a final, like a 2015. Yeah. Yeah, but that's actually a pretty car. It's a, and it has oh, a proper a interior. Car. Like that car was. Ah. They got Sabelt seats in it. But what what is an 04 Viper now? 50, 60 grand? That's what I said. 40 to 60 grand. Okay. One just sold recently here for. It had 20,000 miles on it. It was a very, very nice car and it sold for $48,000. There you go. I think you offered me that car. No, a different <laughs> like, one. Okay. I different couldn't one. get over myself. Uh, yeah. I whatever eh, those cars just don't do it for me. I like the Gen ones and Gen twos. I like and the them Gen fives and the Gen fours. Hate the SRT ten. Uh, you do? I just I don't like that that convert the hate, hate is a really I'm strong. I'm sorry, word. that's right. Mm, hate is a really like strong word. All right, fine. If you gave me one for free, I'd take it. And I'd sell it and buy something else, or you'd safari it and send it somewhere no i wouldn't what is we've met what is the funnest cheapest way into racing drag racing from one of our friday night test and tune 10 bucks get you in run what you brung okay i mean i know that's not road course and i'm sure that's what he was getting at but you asked what the cheapest way to do some racing is you can bracket race for probably 10 to 20 dollar entry fee street racing honestly is the cheapest <laughs> way <laughs> well only if, until you, know, you get caught unless you get caught but yeah. if you get caught our guest next week will <laughs> we'll be able to get you out of it <laughs> all right what else what else is on your watch list we well we can answer that question a little bit more i mean cheap ra- cheap racing is buy yourself a seat don't buy your own car and um you know that's show, that's it yeah that's really it just go to racing school learn how to actually drive that too and uh they will they will put you in some simulated racing and you can see if you like it it's expensive but the experience it's is priceless at car control everything you know you think you're a good driver then you go to one of those things and you and you understand you gotta learn a lot well to follow up on that that is exactly why i want that stupid bondurant crown vic because yeah. i thought i was a good driver when i went to their school and on the fourth day, we're driving around in Formula Fords. This is after we've gone through all the training and think we're even more awesome than when we got there. We're in Formula friggin' Fords, and the instructors are chasing us down in friggin' Ford flotation devices. It, 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 300 horsepower crown hey picks, and they are up our butts. You could have been that dude for 24 grand. You could have been I, that guy. It doesn't mean I could drive like them. I'm you, making your point of you yeah. think you're a good driver, mm-hmm. you're not. But you could have been that dude for twenty four grand. Shut up! No, twenty four plus twelve percent plus fifteen hundred in shipping plus restoring the Are friggin' car. Are you putting car. a price on your dreams? Yes, yes, I am. I wasn't sure. Your dream is worth twenty four thousand. Listen, nobody told me. Nobody told me that it was guaranteed to be a fifty thousand dollar car in two years. I couldn't buy it. It's guaranteed to be. <laughs> Still a piece of garbage and whatever, too. <laughs> Snot welds. Oh, ow. My throat hurts. Hey, man. Those, those, 
those Mustangs and those cars were they were beat to an inch of their life. But man, if they could talk, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true. Oh man, uh, good comment from RX Doug ninety three. I hope you have a ninety three RX seven. But um, just on the market Lexus in general, SUV. <laughs> yeah, maybe. This time reminds me of the Ferrari market in the late 80s and muscle cars in the late 2000s. I've owned a car in the 2000s that rode the wave and now own a GT3. I think eventually this will settle to a reasonable level. Buy to enjoy, not for investment purposes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I could... I, I, this, can re, this can relay into a story for me. Back in the RS2000 days, I met a gentleman with a Ferrari 360. He hung around with S2000 people because... I think he wanted to be the big fish in the pond, but that's my entire goal of my life is be big fish in a small <laughs> pond. <laughs> but anyway, he taught, he preached a ladder, ladder, ladder system when you buy cars. It's like you buy, okay. a, you buy a car. I just say something that's going to, again, I hate to say it, but it's going to retain some of its value, right? You, you, you finance $40,000. You pay that loan off. And then you got, then you finance whatever the balance is, then you finance another 40000 And you upgrade your car moment. And then you wait whatever it is to pay that off, sell the car, finance another forty grand. Before you know it, you're at $100,000 plus in car expense. Hmm. He just kept, that's how he, you know, he said, that's how he bought a car. He couldn't afford a Ferrari, but he bought, at the time, he could just buy it outright, but without having a payment, of more than $40,000, that's what he did. He worked his way up into a Ferrari 360. I mean, you can, I, I agree with the working the way up. You don't have to finance to do that. Like, no, you're still spending the money. He wanted a car, he had, was comfortable with a car payment of $40,000. Right. And he would just basically, you know, say he bought an S2000. Say he bought it for twenty five grand, And I know that's not $40,000. But he paid it off. And it was probably still worth twenty, but then he could finance up to another forty grand. He'd have sixty grand to spend, and he could keep doing that and keeping the same car payment. I think a better way to do it is you buy a twenty-five thousand dollars car that's guaranteed to go up to forty thousand dollars, and then you buy a forty thousand yeah, okay, dollars car okay. that's going to yeah. go up to talk, eighty thousand. Talk, talk to your customers. <laughs> talk to your customers. That's what everybody thinks they're going to do. That's what everybody tries to do all the time. Um, okay. Uh, do you have any more on your watch list? watch list well there is one there's a 1989 trans am pace car one of the 1500 you know uh, it's on bear jackson's lot number 689 it has everything it's got the pizza box the jacket insanely low miles i mean the pictures i i actually i have a little history i know this car so it is a super super nice car now can you drive this one yeah you can how many miles i, th I think it was like 50 1400 miles oh it's not like stupid low, but it's it's better. I mean, that car, the difference between fourteen hundred and three thousand miles is really not going to matter. It doesn't matter. So, but though, I think all Trans Ams. I think that's. I mean, whatever. That's an iconic. You know, from movies to car shows to cruisings, Trans Ams always pull a crowd. I mean, from your four fifty five Super Duties to your pace car to your bandit car to what i mean there's always a cool trans am to be had yes firehawks ws6s whatever i don't know i can't 
I'm a product of the 80s and 90s, so. I honestly, I think I like the 80s ones better than the 90s ones because the airbag wheel and the, I don't know, the. The big pillow? The, the, the in, yeah, the big pillow, the, <laughs> the giant Tic Tac. The interior on those just got so bad in the 90s. The Trans Am steering wheels from the 70s and 80s, though, they were all like Momo Prototipo-esque. Mm-hmm. You know, just smaller diameter wheels when everything else was the size of a school bus. Yep. Yeah, I mean, 70s Corvettes had really cool steering wheels, too, but yeah. Yep. All right, you want to get into some of the valuations? Let's go. All right. This is, this is going to be fun. Uh, Got so a lot does, of them. This is where I get to write? Yeah, we get to write. So if you're listening, you're in trouble. Well, we'll call it out, too. You will. No, Spence will. <laughs> Spence, you want to come up and narrate? He got us, he got us calling. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, you, you can crap talk our valuations. No, no uh, the mic there. Well, no, we're we're writing here. You can see us. We're gonna hold them up so that the viewers and you can see us. And you're going to you're going to do running commentary. Mark Spence, ladies and gentlemen, the fastest person across the country in a sub hundred horsepower Citroen in history. Whoa! <laughs> yay! <laughs> Super yay! Who would have thought that was a cannonball record? Who would have done Man, it? Man, if, if you had done that 20 years ago, Citroen might have sponsored you guys. Cause 20 years ago, they'd still probably come back to the U.S. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Our car actually performed well. It made it. <laughs> it made it. Back. Speaking of suspense, how about a 1 of 15 coach built 84 Subaru GL convertible? How about it? All right. Let's, it's, what's it's, our it's, numbers? Oh, right down man. your bed. Ooh. Right down your bed. Does it does it have a grill in it? How much beer does it come with? You Three love that car fat so much. Guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Going again. <laughs> we yeah, we went to pick up a grill in that car. We had to put the top down, of course. Jeff was the size of that car. Yeah, it didn't go up the hill. Rare is not always desirable. <laughs> I'm gonna say Write it, just, write it big. Just, just you because, write it bigger. Look how big I'm writing oh, this. Just because I respect Spence. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> All right. Oh. <laughs> That's what I... Sabo is what I paid for it. What, what is it? $2,500? $2,500. I offered him 800 But I sold it for 7500 so... Oh, you sold it? Yeah. Then why are you asking us what it's worth? You're fired. Dude, who'd you take advantage on that one? Woo. One of the dudes who was trying to buy it out from under me. Oh, gosh. But I showed up to a trailer park and bought it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, let's see. All right. 2008 Lexus LS460. 108,000 miles stock. I got no kidding. Who, who modifies an LS460? Paint and interior is in kind of rough shape. Engine head replacement necessary sooner than later. Dude, is this a Subaru? How does a Lexus with that low mileage need a head replacement and get in that rough shape? Like, what are you doing to this car? Uh, Change the oil, dude. Change the oil. <laughs> what the heck? Kind of rough shape. I don't even... It's still worth more than a 1 of 15 GL. Mm. All right. Go ahead. Go him first. Mine's better. 5K. Sure 
Who cares? That's Doug right there. I don't know. Somebody somebody will do a cannonball in it. Um, you can buy here, pay here that car, make triple your money. Oh, three yeah, you repos. Could. 2014 Audi RS7, 92,000 miles, Misano Red, trying to sell it. No idea on VIN number, condition, whatever. So I guess we're... How many miles? 92,000 miles. 92,000 miles? Yeah, on an RS7. Do Clean you replace the turbos packs. yet? No idea. Those details are completely irrelevant. I'm writing down the friggin' A. I might own the car for that number. All right. One, two, three. Oh, gosh. That's close. Get closer to Mike, Spence. Speaking of close. Oh, gosh. That's close. <laughs> All right. Um, probably closer to Doug. You you got to narrate these numbers. Yeah, you got to tell them. There's there's it's people listening. Oh, there's people via listening. Audio Whatever. later that see. can't see what we're holding Use that. up. Doug, Use that Doug said forty five thousand dollars, and Sabo said forty four thousand dollars. That's Sabo's number. All right, I think we're on the money with that one. Ooh, I like this one. Uh, potentially selling a nine nine six dot one, so a oh oh to or sorry ninety nine to oh one C four coupe. Lapis blue on Savannah beige. Savannah. Is it full beige? Because if it is, I'm just out. <laughs> <laughs> is that worse than graphite gray Ugh. for you? Of course it's full beige. They, they, they never did two-tone. Hardly ever. Okay. Lapis blue, full Savannah beige with 70,000 miles, six-speed manual, IMS update, etc. ET. Oh, maybe ETC, electronic traction control. Uh, they put that on there. He said ETC. No, that's my Et cetera, commentary. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> IMS, AOS, RMS, ETC. I don't know. PMS, PMS. Is this wholesale number or retail number? I, retail-ish. Yes. Uh, 70,000 miles, 996.1. All right. Flip it. See, Doug's got thirty thousand dollars, and Sabo's got twenty nine thousand nine ninety five. Seriously? <laughs> oh man, we're good. <laughs> this is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, Two thousand eleven Nissan Altima V six SL, all OEM parts, no paint work. I call BS. Fresh Barums. Is that like pastries or something? It's like the hundred eight thousand miles. Refresh CVT. Um, how many police chases has it been in? Refresh CVT? Why don't you just swap it? <laughs> All right. I don't even want to do this one. Pick a number. Hold on. I, gotta, I, it, I, oh, I like the sound effects of Spence popping a... Popping what a year was it again? 2011 Sorry. Ultima V6 SL. Can they send the valuations in the chat? Yes, they can. Uh, I think that is somebody else. I'm not even. I'm not even okay. doing this, this one, dude. This I, I, use, I use Sabos. I use uh. yours. Who cares? <laughs> I'm not doing that one. <laughs> All right. This is my world, so that's like 8,500 <laughs> bucks at my lot. <laughs> sorry, oh, 8, sorry, bucks. Kent from Niche oh, Motors. Maybe you need to li be a little more niche, and yeah, nobody wants a niche. Niche on Altima, get it? No, niche niche mo. Oh. Niche mo. Oh. Niche mo. Oh man, double. Is it a niche mo edition? Oh, niche, niche motors. like niche. Oh, gosh, there's so many. All right, we're going to leave that one. We're beating that one down. Um, 2006 Mercedes-Benz G550. 
Five. No. 2006. 2016. 16. G550. Oh. Million dollars. Two owners. One minor accident, i.e. the tire cover got backed into. Probably totaled the other car. 28,000 miles. Blue over Dezinho tan. Hmm. Is this in, are we in Beverly Hills or Cleveland, Ohio? Because it does make a difference. <laughs> Dude. I, uh, See, Doug's got 90,000 and Sable's got 145. G550, not G63. Don't care. G63 is like a million Sold. dollars right now. Sold. Uh, you want Sabo's number right now? Yeah, call I'm, me up. I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure. I'll, I'll tell you no to your face. <laughs> pretty sure he'll sell it for one forty five. Nine dot one GT three RS. So two thousand sixteen GT three RS ultraviolet seventeen thousand miles. Just missing PCCBs. Where'd they go? Can't find them. Track car. <laughs> <laughs> I, so okay. Slight side note here. They say just missing PCCBs, as in like, oh, it has every other single possible option. I swear, I've heard that so many times, and everybody says, oh, my car is loaded. It has every single option just because it has leather seats and bows. And the Porsche option list is 18 miles long. The and to only say it's guy just that, missing the PCCBs, only guy that can have that, I call BS. That title is that guy with the GT2 RS. That's like a $700,000... Yes. MSRP yeah, yeah, yeah. car. Right. He wins. He wins the option race. Right. Actually, I had somebody on the flip side of that. I had somebody ask me about a GT3 RS or something. And they kept asking me, they're like, what options doesn't it have? And I was like, dude, you got to. Do you, do you want me to send you the original build order guide? Oh. And just like, dude, the, there's so many it doesn't have. What What's the only, only important option on a GT3? Uh,. A garage to put it in. Boom. That's it. It could have zero options or all the options in the world, and it drives fantastic. Boom. Drive it. All right. Uh, 17,000 miles. We're assuming no options. <laughs> uh, UV. Uh, this is a ballpark. Because, of course. Okay. Flip it. Let's see. Doug's got 200K, and so does Sabo. Yeah, baby. What do we win? Brain busters here. Oh. What do we win? Yeah. I shot him alert. Ooh, Deal. Pass. Bring I want it over. Loser. Mm. I want to lose. 1988. Porsche 924S. Uh, <laughs> yeah, back to that. Mm. Good car. Uh, the 88s were though the later ones were they were as yeah. powerful as a 944, 944. faster actually it's the s okay fine Come but on, then dude. you went to turbo and the, no, whatever okay i they're fine they just don't deserve more than like 10 grand uh bought from original owner eighty-seven thousand miles engine reworked front end painted due to rock chips my question for the episode is, how do you see the market going for older classics, 80s, 90s, the analog cars that just started getting tech into them? Slow or sudden rise in value within the next five to ten years? I don't. You, so a price on that one? I don't know. No, he wants to know what it's going to be worth in five to ten years. Five. <laughs> <laughs> 
the question we hate You answering. won't even be able to buy gas in five to ten years. All right. Um, oh, this is all you say, but let's talk about E36 M3s. LOL. You'll, you'll I don't know gas, why that's funny. Those aren't a joke. What I have a 95 Hellrot on black Ooh. with the heated manual Vaders, 108,000 miles. Original factory optioned lightweight wheels. Cooling system refreshed. New clutch five years ago. Ba 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 ba. Totally clueless on value. I traded a 15 year old BMW for it and put a couple grand into redoing a bunch of rubber bits. Had the idea of maybe selling. Okay, so 95 E36 Vaders, 110,000 miles. Lightweight wheels. Good maintenance. Fifteen-year-old BMW plus two thousand dollars is what Doug says. That's what he, that's what you trade for. And Savo says twenty thousand dollars. I feel like that's low. I think it is low. I'd say twenty-five. I'm not paying more than twenty for it. Yeah, you will. Nope. nope. Wholesale, nope. maybe. That's a. I think that's twenty-five k plus. That's fine. Oh, hold on, I can do this. Wait, ready? Boom. Twenty-eight. There you go. Didn't even change it. What's there your, you go. You made you just made money. What's your opinion on a 2007 430 Spider with gated six speed? Great car. As they always say, the top goes down, the price of repairs goes up. Gated 430 manual. Yeah. I mean, sorry, Spider. Yeah, but those awesome car, but they still have expensive top issues. You're buying a Ferrari, dude. It's expensive. Period. Fine, but people buy 430s because they think they're maintenance free, and they're not. They not, still have cracking headers, and they still have maintenance expensive free. spider top issues. All right, spider. make sure it has I like market head. Yeah, they're great cars. Yes. Yeah, drive them. Yeah, wonderful. Get the stickies done. Budget seventy five hundred bucks every five years to redo the top. My only my only beef with the four thirty was, like in a three sixty, it had like a nice diameter steering wheel, and a three fifty five, yes. it had a garbage diameter steering wheel. But you put a Momo in it, and it was beautiful. The 430, you can't change it because there's electronics. Right, and the steering wheel is pretty goofy. Honestly, personally, I find the 430 styling incredibly goofy. Like, I saw a 430 Spider parked next to a Ford GT, and the ride height difference was comical. Like, I literally, forever that's after US, that... That's U.S. issues. Forever after that, I could only see it as, like, a Barbie car. I saw a 430 Spider, and I'm like, ooh, Barbie car. Mm, but if I'm, they're lowered, lowered with proper wheels and all that, it gets away from that i'm a fan yeah if you um, just, just put the top down never put it up you don't gotta worry about it breaking <laughs> just remove it then yeah. it's a speedster and it's lighter uh let's see adam yurkovich really on the fence with my 2017 m2 with about 10,000 miles and tasteful upgrades curious to hear your thoughts on price and your take after driving mine I like it. I like M2s a lot. What would you replace it with, though? M3. I don't know. That's one of those, like, it doesn't matter what you can get because... Like, I mean, I, what, what year was it again? 2017 with yeah, 10,000 miles? Yeah, I mean, I'd probably upgrade it to a comp. You know, I mean, if you wanted to. I mean, But he's got comp-style mods on it already. The motor's different. Okay. Fine. I mean, the, the later one had an M motor in it. The early one just had the 335 motor in it. 
which again sounded great. I, I like those cars. Period. Just there's not an M2 I don't like. All right, value. What do you think? One just sold on bringing a trailer for a smoking deal, in my opinion. So I'm just going to put that number on here so you can discuss that. Doug has 55000 while Sable has 42500 Big difference there. Well, one of I, us is wrong. <laughs> I, one just sold. Really? Yeah. It actually had, I think, 10,000 miles on it. White one, manual. And it. It sold at that number. I, hmm. I, I was like, "Whoa, that that now is that, a deal. I would. I wish I was watching that auction. It must have been the stock market. Yes, it must have been at lunchtime when everybody was getting pizza. How much do you see nine nine six turbo manuals go for nowadays? A guy I know sold his TechArt two nine nine six with thirty eight thousand miles for forty seven grand. That seems low. That is definitely low. TechArt tuned. I'm assuming not the body kit. 996 turbo, coupe, manual, 38,000 miles. I mean, that's 65 to 80K is what good ones are pulling. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Some, those, those have gotten strong. Somebody got a smoking deal unless there was something else we didn't know about it. Bad Carfax. It's got that TechArt front bumper. The traction. Um, do work exotics. With values increasing... What are your thoughts on agreed value insurance? Dramatic increase in value of all cars this past year, yet we all know the insurance companies will stick you with the PDK Range 6 over Rev 2018 price. Thoughts? Nah, you can't. That doesn't happen. I can. Well, I mean, I, don't, don't, don't. If you have a, if you have an exotic car, buy the prop. Use an insurance company knows how to deal with it. Like, well, I, I, I deal, think he's I deal talking about, so he's got a Cayman R with good options, good color, manual whatever but i think he's talking about maybe the nuanced values within models right so they'll sure. just look up a cayman r so i'm dealing with this right now i can't right now you're gonna make out no i understand but i'm dealing with that exact situation right now where i have an insurance claim on a highly optioned very special version of a somewhat more common car and they're literally just pulling nada for like the 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 bottom denominator and trying to use that as value the insurance companies you know they have that's why they have those guys that try to give you the if you're if you're smart smart enough to to fight it you will get what you want i mean maybe i don't know use a company that has agreed value do your homework you can adjust it as you want it just makes your premium fluctuate a little yeah. bit i mean if you think you're if you bought a car for 150 grand a year and a half ago and it's worth 300 now or you think it would take three hundred thousand dollars to replace it State, state the value at 300 all, all the insurance company can do is say no. I've just seen that they don't care right now. They're just going to gouge you for, a pre, you know, make the premium go up. Right. And they're going to limit your mileage and whatnot. I, I think it's a must-have um, for specialty car, especially you right now. You insure anything properly. It's, yep. it's a necessary evil. Yep. Oh, all right. Roman from Cleveland has Four cars he wants to ask about valuation. All right. Uh, we're running a little bit low on time, but Roman, go ahead. What do you got? Holy 930. Damn. Hey, guys. Uh, awesome to be on Switch uh, Switchcast. Sure. Big fan of uh, too. It's a, it's a dream, you know, maybe one day come true to, you know, do the same thing. But, you know, at least uh, we got a nice little start. I have um, 
I have a E46 M3, uh, carbon Schwartz, cinnamon interior, uh, 61,000 miles, and it is an SMG, unfortunately. Swap. Um, so yeah. I was Swap. wondering, I know a lot of those kind of check the boxes, except for, you know, some of the, except for, like, the SMG option. Um, it has been fully repainted, um, but other than that, I've gone to, uh, you know, great deal to get it up and running. I was wondering, it's actually scheduled to go and bring a trailer. I was wondering what you guys think. Um, well, we, we don't want to, we don't want to screw up your auction. People might hear it and then, uh, take our word too we can, seriously. We can be bribed. <laughs> <laughs> For the right money, it's a $50,000 car. I wish. <laughs> I don't know. SMG Coupe, 61K miles, repainted, low 20s. Sabo? 25, 28 grand. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing's low 20s in E46 world anymore. Okay. I'm just thinking SMG, but I might have, I might have. Spence is raising his eyebrows. Yeah, but you're yeah just, okay. Yeah, so, so 25 bounced K, off every something like that. Cleveland. <laughs> um, BAT, you never know, but uh, could go for 20, could go for 40, depending on the, the air that oh, day. Hope you negotiated a right. decent reserve. Uh, what else you got? Okay, so that was actually right where I thought also. So um, the the next one is a 1986 Targa. Ooh, all right. Mileage? Black, black on black, 120 mi- 121,000 miles. <clears throat> Good service history? Um, no. Does it run? Of course it does as a Porsche. Yeah. Does it run well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, this has been a reseal. Does it need so, tires, yeah, brakes, paint? <laughs> All of it? Uh, no, uh, probably just tires. All right. I mean, you got you got yourself a nice car there. Black, black. Yeah. So you figure every car, every 911 you get. Yeah, I'd probably say... I'd yeah. probably say a little taller than that, but yeah, that's fair. I'm I'm thinking maybe wholesalish, but I I'd hit at forty. Yeah, you can you, forty. You, okay. you you'd probably be a little stronger okay. than that, but if you if there's no service history, people are going to assume it needs five k at least. Yeah, and that's tough to value at a distance. Yeah. So if I'm valuing a high mileage Targa, the Targas are not as valuable as the Coupes, and I'm just going to think like, okay, it needs head studs, valve adjustment, reseal, who knows what else. So. I'm factoring five to ten k in, not it, knowing a whole lot more is about it. Special it. wishes, paint a sample, sports seats. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, is I the mean, dash pulling is the you know the fukes need refinished. Is it rusty? Is it you know leaky? All those questions make a big difference on value. So um, let, let's do oh, one more of your cars. Pick pick the last one, and then we're, we've got some more to to move on to. So pick uh, pick your favorite of the last two. Perfect. This is uh, this is actually my favorite overall, and. It's uh, Johnny actually might be able to help me out with this one. I have a '79 911 SC coupe, no sunroof. Um, I have a three-inch thick binder on the restoration. The color has been changed from I think it was brown, so now it's black. It's been wide-bodied. It's got authentic uh, Speedline wheels that were redone to you know, fit the body perfectly. Um, 
and I'm I pretty much bought the car that in that condition. That's pretty cool. Uh, well, hey, like make, when you say wide body, you're just talking about tur- turbo flares, turbo fenders. Yeah, like steel, steel turbo fender uh, flares. Fr- yeah, front and I don't rear? even think of fender. Hmm. Front <laughs> front and rear, or just rear. Uh, front and rear, yeah. Right. And it's got about eighty-seven thousand miles. But like I said, engine's been rebuilt, rebuilt, and trans been rebuilt about a thousand miles ago. Oh, okay. That's a really tough one without knowing the quality of the build. Is everything else original, like motor, interior stuff like that, or has it been eighties no, out with yeah. a wide body? So it's numbers matching. <clears throat> it is numbers matching the um, the interior, the seats, uh, the driver passenger seat has been. Um, has been switched out. Everything else is pretty much original. And I have pretty much, I have, I want to, it was like a brown. I want to convert it to black and camel. But I'm going to keep all the original interior. All right. I mean, you're probably, I'd probably say right around 50 grand. 55. Yeah. 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 Again, that's a tough one, but knowing what we know, having having a fresh motor gearbox makes a big deal on these cars because people know we can just get. Thank it you guys so much. Thank you for your time. Yeah, I absolutely. It. Thanks yeah, for the call, Ron. Best of luck on the auctions. All right, um, let's see if we can get through a few more of these here. Um, okay. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, Ninety-six. C2 911 cab Tiptronic. Oh, that, that, that was a 996. Maybe it is. Frick. Pick one. We're going to pick it. Nine. It's a 996 C2 911 cab Tiptronic black. Indicates 98,000 miles, but the odometer is broken. Three, two. This might be the last cheap 996. Let's see. Doug's got 18K and Sabo has 20K. Yeah, baby. I think it's more 12 or whatever. All right. Uh, Bikes Food Cars asked, what is the real 9972 GT2 market these days? With with so few cars changing hands and insane pricing at dealers asking for 989K, it makes assessing near impossible. You are right. There are very few changing hands. Um, We're seeing good ones sell in the mid twos. Paint to sample, super crazy options, whatever. Uh, may pull a big premium. There's actually one going through Gooding with like 400 miles on it. Gooding or RM, I can't remember. But um, yeah, they have never pulled the same kind of money as GT3 RSs have, even though they're way lower production. They just, they don't have the same draw. I mean, you see a lot of those cars with miles on them too, which is nice. Sure. Yes, I mean, you do. You see twenty-five thousand, thirty-five, forty thousand miles, and then you see the you know obviously the no mile cars, but those cars are driven. They do well. Yep. Uh, let's see. Two thousand nineteen white Lexus NX three hundred, originally purchased for my girlfriend, but catching her red-handed without going into details of what was left in it. Back seats and trunk might have been used three to four times. Hold on, what what were the back seats and trunk used for? That's not usually oh. a detail that people disclose when they sell the car, especially when you said things were left in it. Do you need a black light? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Are there is there any stains we should be aware of? Are there any outstanding warrants for this car? <laughs> I'm gonna. That's a hard pass for me. 
Um, how would you value a 996 Turbo modded for the occasional track day? 44,000 miles, coupe, automatic, coolant lines pinned, hybrid turbos, GT2 RS intercoolers, protomotive tune, rear-wheel drive, GT3 front and rear brakes, slotted rotors, 996 GT3 bucket seats. I don't know, 45? Yeah, for a tip. Yeah. If it was a stick, a little bit more, but um, the mods don't help the value but they don't hurt it sounds like it's all mostly porsche parts find the well right, done car find the right buyer that hates his left leg yeah or can't don't man don't hate on people that i didn't know i said hates his left leg i didn't say i'd whatever amen 2012 tesla model s p85 all the options uh do we have to value this in like nope. bitcoin pass yeah i've never ever sold a uh electric car hope to never do Enjoy your drag racing like the light. Uh, all right, last one. Could I get a quick sight unseen estimate? I have a 1975 Mercedes Unimog MB494 with backhoe attachment and snowblower attachment. Euro hillbilly truck. <laughs> I don't know what it's worth, but I want to hang out with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll bring the Budweiser. Let's go. No kidding. All right. That is all our valuations, I think. Yes, that is all our valuations for tonight. Thank you for sending them in. Oh, wait, we got one more from the live stream. 1992 Mazda Miata, 6-liter LQ4 V8, 6-speed manual, 8.8 IRS from a T-Bird, 430-wheel horsepower. What's it worth, LOL? Why do people always laugh? It's not funny. It's a serious question. That's a Widowmaker. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that's I might, Well, I didn't buy the Crown Vic today, so yeah. um, it's probably worth about the same, 22 grand. Yeah, I don't know. that's a very subjective value on that car. Yeah, whatever you have in it, half. <laughs> I don't know those those LS whatever the the V8 swap Miatas are going for pretty good money. Yeah, everybody wants them. Well, so. tra track day guys love those things because they're fast and they don't it, maintenance value is very low. Yes, who's the who's the who's the guy that we like up in Wisconsin? Uh, Balistrieri. Yeah, he he loves those things. They yeah. love those things. He had like two of them outside yeah. last time I went to see him. Switchcast is brought to you by Boxcast. Boxcast is a live streaming company based in Cleveland, Ohio, and they serve broadcasters and viewers in more than 200 countries. Their founders launched Boxcast back in 2013 with one purpose, to make people part of the experience. If you're looking to live stream your podcast, church service, car show, sporting event, wedding, or even your cannonball attempt, BoxCast is an easy, flexible, live streaming platform for organizations. BoxCast is so easy, we are broadcasting this show live with our phone. Head over to switchcars.com slash BoxCast for your free trial. Uh, I should have taken a drink every time you said 996. No, you shouldn't have. Um... Call an ambulance. Okay. Flop of the week. Sabo, you got to read the script now. No, I'm not reading it. Yes, dude. you are. No, I'm not. Yes, Mark. you are. He reads too slowly. Okay. What is it? Uh, Gooding? Gooding. Okay. I like Gooding. I bought a car there. There's a 2008 GT2 on there with 400 miles. It's black. But good Lord, the cheese in the description is unbearable. Sabo, take it away. No, you're reading that, dude. It's no, I I'm have to fall interrupt asleep you. by the time I finish that. Spence, somebody, Devin, fine. Stand right in front of the mic and start reading. We're, we're going to read you this wonderful, cheesy friggin' description. I know. I feel your pain, buddy. 
It's, it's, <laughs> hey, it's okay. It's okay. At the Frankfurt Motor Show in, New, in November 2007, Porsche unveiled its latest evolution of the famous 911 GT2, now based on the updated 997 platform. A direct descendant of the acclaimed Porsche GT1 race car, the 997 GT2 was the most powerful and fastest road 911 on the market at the time. Featuring a new titanium exhaust system, twin variable gym geometry turbochargers, and an expanded intake manifold, it was lighter, tighter, and mightier, mightier GT2 than its predecessor. According to the Porsche factory, the GT2's 3.6-liter flat-six engine could produce 530 horsepower at 6,500 RPM and 505 pound-feet of torque. And to top that, and, and to that, a top speed of 204 miles per hour with a dizzying 0 to 60 mile per hour speed of in 3.6 seconds. And Porsche mm. enthusiasts were itching to test drive the new light, <laughs> lightweight twin-turbo 911. A few exterior design upgrades were. In, were initiated with minor changes to the lights and front lip, but most noticeably, the 997 GT2 received an updated rear wing, which... Pers- which pers- Stop! Right. Okay. See, it's a nice work, though. No, it's no, no. Work. I'm, I'm not making fun of him. The no, description. Absolutely they not. said that from the 996 GT2 to the 997 GT2, there was a few exterior styling upgrades, including minor changes to the front lip and the headlights, I but the most that. noticeable was the rear wing. Are you kidding me? It was a freaking front-to-back redesign. Interior, exterior, everything. Total crap. Keep going. But most, but most noticeably was was the 997 GT2 received an updated rear wing, which, pre- which preserved the classic profile but offered a refreshing new design. It is believed that 200, approximately 200 examples were produced for the U.S. market. Stop. Okay. <laughs> Friggin' Gooding has tons of money. They fly out professional photographers to take their pictures. They're charging 10% each side, maybe 12%. And they believe that there's 200 examples. All you had to do was call me. I can tell you there's exactly 203 examples for 2008 in the U.S. There's 242 for 2008 and 2009 for U.S. and Canada. And 223 total GT2s produced for the U.S. So friggin' get your numbers right. Lazy journalism. Keep going. And this 997 GT2 must be among the finest to be found. As must it remains, be? As it, as it remains in pristine condition with less than 400 miles. It is also unique, the only 2008 GT2 dressed, in a, dressed with a specific and extensive series of options. Stop. No kidding, it's the only one dressed in a specific and extensive series of options. Like, literally, they all are. They all have their own specific list of options. It doesn't black? make it unique. What? Is this car black? Yes. I've driven this car. I know. It doesn't make it unique. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. I every make single unique. Oh, you driving it makes it unique. Yes. And it's not even like the highest option car. There, it's a 213K window sticker. I found like 40 cars that had higher options lists than this one. There's no special order, anything. It's all like standard check the option box stuff. Keep going. Specially Doug is ordered upset. by a world-class collector and Porsche VIP renowned for, for owning exclusive and distinctive automobiles. Ooh. <laughs> Says every collector in America. Yeah. According He's to the renowned because he posted them on Instagram. According to the window sticker, which which accompanies the sale, Good. this GT2 was <laughs> was delivered with, with in black paint with a plethora of options costing more than $20,000. This interior car, the interior carbon fiber package includes the switch panel, steering wheel, door entry guards. Okay, I'm getting bored. Let me have you switch ahead to fun stuff. Because <laughs> there's a lot of fluff in here. La da 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 da. Oh shoot, we were almost there. He was. I was, I was like, what are you doing? Okay, keep going. I'll keep going. Sorry. I mean, you're okay. Oh 
switch panel, steering wheel, door entry guards, safety belt pillars, and rear center console. Driver support systems such as, such as park assist, self-dimming mirrors with rain sensors, a sports chrono package, and, ele and electronic logbook were all Useless. added at the factory. And a Bose surround sound system was also installed. The Porsche communication management module encompasses navigation and telephone access. Stop. Okay, no, telephone it doesn't. Telephone access. It's it's a friggin' 2008 pre-Bluetooth, pre-touchscreen system. Like, you might as well have a gerbil in the head unit giving you directions. Like, even the PCM <laughs> system is terrible. Yeah, The Bluetooth never works. The the phone, I saw, it has that, like, phone attachment thing. Like, it actually has the phone option. The thing is so dated, it has a cord. A friggin' cord. You could, like, take that phone to well, the car wasn't built yesterday i mean i get it but they're advertising oh, phone and connectivity it's crap like literally throw that system do you know out. how many people want the mercedes StarTac? so they can lot. go to radwood what i gave you a an old bag right, so phone i could you were go stoked. to radwood maybe this or guy motorbikes, whatever anyway it doesn't make it worth more okay keep going the standard pedals were switched talking. out for aluminum while custom yellow stitching was applied at every conceivable juncture including the Ooh. dashboard the Porsche wait, wait, wait. Including the dashboard? That's like the biggest one. Including the dashboard. If you miss the dashboard, you're an idiot and you don't know how to spec a car. Bingo. Okay, go. The Porsche Crest, the Porsche crest was, em was em emblazoned. Emblazoned on the, on the headrests and highlighted by the special color seatbelts in matching speed yellow. Hold on. You said special order seatbelts? Yes. Yeah, they're not special order. It's a standard option. Anyone could get it. It's not special order. Keep going. Floor mats received custom coordinated trim. And the wheels were finished in black. Factory books, two sets of keys, and toolkit are included. Truly a one-of-a-kind in an exceptional condition, showing no! less than 400 miles then it's from not. New. It's not one-of-a-kind. We're talking Corvette Rare here. It's one of 242, and it is not special with the options. It's not even the lowest mileage one out there. There's a few out there with lower mileage. That's because I drove it. One-of-a-kind would be like a paint-to-sample one that they only made one of. It's it's not even it's the most common color. There's like 85 of them. Okay, that's enough of the fluff. Thank you very much. My goodness, thank if you, you're gonna, Thank you for playing. Yeah, uh, poets must be in short supply or realtors or something. That man, that description. Like, just get get your stuff right. Don't don't. It, it's an awesome car. It's really well specced. It has super low mileage. It's super clean. But don't th the fluff just got to me. Okay, apparently. Yes. Prop of the week. How do you uh, really feel, Doug? Uh, that's how I really feel. Prop of the week goes to MB Market. Uh, we I sold um, my anniversary edition SL500 that I didn't really want to sell, and I made them give me a huge reserve. And it almost made it there, and they made up the reserve. So they literally did the deal for free to make the deal happen. So That was a good buy. Goodbye, whoever got that car. Yeah, that was a good buy. Nice so, car. Um, I, I kind of want to... Like, I've been tempted to wire the guy's money back just because I'm going to miss that car. But anyway, great experience with their auction. They're not paying... Well, they are paying for this because they, they made the deal happen. But um, yeah, so thanks a, thanks a bunch to them. That is that is a cool platform. And I, I like the, um, the niche market where they're only doing Mercedes and they're sticking to what they really know. Ooh, what? See? But but the backtrack ten thousand mile two thousand seventeen M two manual, white sold for forty five six fifty. There you go. Boom. Sorry. I just... Okay. Well, on that note, to borrow a Top Gear phrase, <laughs> is that copywritten? Sabo, Johnny Sabo. Hi. Hashtag Johnny Sabo. Thank you for being on once again. 
My thank pleasure, you for buddy. My letting pleasure. me uh, wax eloquent slash say whatever I want. Yes. Thank you for your skilled trash talking. Look up I trash talk? Johnny Sabo on Instagram. It's at Johnny Sabo, not hashtag. Yes, J-O-N-N-Y-S-A-B-O or yep. bulletproof.com. And if you know what that, how to spell it, you're a cool guy. Yes, indeed. Steve McQueen style. Indeed. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, GT Vault, BoxCast, Switch Cars, Celebrity Machines, and Stephen Holm Woodworking, who made us this awesome desk. I'm realizing right now we forgot our question of the week, which is actually a pretty good one. They would have gotten a free T-shirt, uh, courtesy of shopswitchcars.com, but we'll get to them next week. Let's give it to Spence and Devin for helping us out. Thank you to our producer. We'll do that. Thank you to our producer and call screener, Ethan Huffnagel. Our bumper music is provided by Emily and Ivory. You can stream the full album on Spotify or SoundCloud. This episode will be available Friday wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Wednesday at 8 p.m., and we'll look forward to answering your automotive questions to help you on the drive of your life.